0: Welcome to the Discipleship webcast. My name is and I'm here with, who I'm are you Louise and what do you do?
1: I'm the Simple Church Regional Director at Brock, and I'm so excited to be here.
0: You know why I'm excited? Because
1: it, it is, is the 100th anniversary of the webcast next week. week, and we're going to have baked goods. So make sure that you bakers across every region, if you're preparing, make sure you get those out. If you're receiving baked goods, post it in the social shared, and make sure you distribute so that everyone knows who is going to get bacon and yeah make sure you make a post in the social channel not social sharing
0: 99 episodes can you believe it
1: it's been a long time
0: all right get comfy we'll be right back bacon next week we're celebrating 99 episodes with the great one this week the great one is emily um get comfortable we'll be right back i got something i
2: got you so get
0: ready for another breakthrough so let me show you
2: Up. I'm it
0: right now all right well we're into the news of the week first piece of news I wanted to share with you very exciting is that Daniel Trafford is going to be moving from his simple church apprentice multiplier role into a new role looking after our simple church leaders and district but Melissa C. is going to be stepping up to a new Simple Church Apprentice coordinator role. We're so excited and thankful for Melissa, and we'll be interviewing her about that in just a minute.
1: Our second announcement, the new Daily Devo, that beautiful book, is going to be up on your screen. That starts May 9th, so that's not long. Make sure you get them in. We want to start right all together. We're so excited to have a new Devo book, so make sure you order.
0: Amazon.ca and Genesis and Proverbs. Begin. Yes, yes. Um, I want to celebrate or actually share with you that we're going to be moving off of Social Shared onto a new app uh, for Engage. So we're harmonizing our Engage and Social Shared work together into one platform. And uh, everyone will be getting an account for this. If you haven't already received an account, Simple Church Leaders and Apprentices will get their account activations on this coming Monday. You can also download the app from the ios and android app store under lift church
1: and lastly this is for you simple church leaders we have a module watch party next tomorrow at 7 p.m on discord watch them together get your first and second modules done in community with your fellow simple church leaders
0: fantastic all right well in terms of celebration we've already celebrated the 99th episode remember bring your baked goods uh, for we're going to be handing out baked goods you can get those and the details will be posted into the chat on how you can get some baked treats. But I did want to celebrate, uh, actually, our uh, regions for supporting our co-sisters, uh, Sophia and Annie, uh, two of our in the church, and many others who have been running. I want to celebrate everybody that's been engaging in healthy living. It's been really good to see and loving one another. So what can you celebrate, Em?
1: We want to celebrate communion. For- People who led communion for the very first time last Sunday? That's so exciting doing it in simple church families. Awesome, guys! We're excited to see that to, to grow and continue.
0: I would encourage you to continue to do that as simple churches as much as possible. And uh, want to encourage you just there's been so much good uh, and encouraging family activity happening. Uh, things like show and tell, scavenger hunch, baby photos, cross regional hangouts, snail mail. You guys have been doing such a great job loving one another. I just want to encourage you keep keep thinking of others. But that's it for celebration. We're gonna pass it to Ava, who's actually gonna celebrate the amazing work that's been happening at Pinky Lewis. They handed out 80 meals last week. Amazing, amazing work. Here's Ava celebrating Gordon and the Pinky Lewis team.
1: Hey church, today I'm celebrating Gordon, who made 80 meals for Pinky Lewis last week. We're so thankful that we have such an amazing cook on our team and just so excited to continue serving our city faithfully. Thanks, Gordon.
0: All right. Well I am very blessed to be here with Melissa, our brand new Simple Church Apprentice Coordinator. Melissa, how are you doing this evening?
2: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm 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 fantastic. I'm excited to have you with us. There's a new role that obviously you're stepping in. There's actually two roles. You're one of our new incoming missionaries. And you're stepping up to the Simple Church Apprentice Coordinator role. So we're going to focus on the Simple Church Apprentice role. There's lots over the coming weeks. What is the Simple Church Apprentice Coordinator role? What will you be doing?
2: Yeah, so it entails relationally onboarding apprentices and providing apprentices with support and assistance as their apprentice training, apprenticeship training, and I'll be intentionally celebrating them as a church. Um, But also work closely with um, SCURDS, DLs, and simple church in extending invitations to raise up healthy apprentices and also prepare them to be sent and lead a simple church of their own.
0: So in a nutshell, supporting, loving our apprentices.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Because we love our apprentices. If you're an apprentice, know that this awesome person on our screen list is going to be helping to care for you. So um why are you excited about this role this is obviously a big role what what are you excited about in in know what captured your attention
2: yeah i think like my heart just wants to ensure that all the people feel supported as they take a leap of faith and see them made fully alive in jesus i've gone through the apprenticeship um, prince training as well and so i totally know um that can be nerve-wracking um you're stepping you're taking a leap of faith and you're not sure what that exactly entails, um, but I get to help them take those steps in confidence that they are loved and supported by their church family and by Jesus. I
0: love that you're you can can speak to the role because you've been through the role. Uh, this is the thing I love about our church—we raise our own leaders, so everybody kind of knows that everybody's been through. Um, what what has God been teaching you in this process as you step into the role? What's one thing you've been learning?
2: Yeah. So initially. I thought about doing the internship after I graduate this year, um, but God, another door. I was quick to disqualify myself from stepping into this role, and I really had to ask God to soften my heart. Um, I realized that this decision process was based on insecurities of mine. Um, I invited those who have discipled me. In order to empower new apprentices, I need to first model humble obedience. On God in my weakness be glorified.
0: I love that you highlight the fact that didn't feel. Cool. Um, no. <laughs> uh, whenever we've stepped into a role, we step into a role, go, I don't know if I can do it. And, you know, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for having the, the willingness to be humble enough to step in. Um, kind of out of that thought, what's one thing that you would encourage people with based on what you've been learning?
2: I think by helping them see that they're not just called to lead, but have been uniquely gifted by God to be disciple makers. As we actually walk alongside them, it no longer becomes head knowledge, but heart knowledge. And to ultimately help them realize that God is the one who enables us to be to be effective for his kingdom. Like in scripture, it says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us.
0: Oh man, that'll preach all day. Uh, I think Through. Um, if people don't hear anything else tonight, I pray that they listen to what you just said because that was brilliant. Uh, I'm going to pray for you and also pray for our apprentices. So, Jesus, thank you for and just her humility and in stepping into a new and somewhat scary role. Uh, Lord, steering and encouraging and helping us from um, from your equipping, Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for our apprentices that they would continue to follow you and be equipped to continue to multiply. Wherever they go, Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us, Melissa. We'll catch you later. All right. Well, that's all for Melissa, but we'll be right back with discipleship resource of the week. All right, so we're back here on Engage, looking at our discipleship resource today. I wanted to share with you the ser- the super easy guide so if you head over to engage.liftchurch.ca and you click resources and then you click this little uh uh t- table here and you search, and it'll provide you access to our super easy budget guide which looks like this now the super easy budget guide you might be wondering why do we bring it up this week well many of you will be getting new jobs this summer and if you've never budgeted before it can be quite complicated or overwhelming to ask the question how do i what do I do with my money? You know, there's so many people that are going to tell you how to spend your money, so many things that are going to demand. the Worst place you can be is confused or overwhelmed in what to do with your money. The best tool to solve that is to go to Scripture and ask Jesus, what do you tell me to do with my money? And then based on what we see in Scripture, to then build a budget to help us do that. That's what the super easy budget guide does. It goes to scripture first to help us see what Jesus has called us to. And based on what we see in scripture, it helps you build a budget. So in this spreadsheet, there's some really simple steps you can take to build a super easy budget and I encourage you to do that. If you don't budget or if you've never budgeted before, this is a great place to start, especially as you learn to practice things like generosity. Well, that's all for the citizenship resource of the week. I encourage you to walk through with it with someone you know as well. I'm gonna pass it to Aiden, who's gonna cover our daily Devo reflection for this week. Hey church, my name's Aiden. I just wanna share a little bit of my Devo's reflection from 2 Samuel 18, verses nine to 33. I realize that David's family is really broken here. It's son Absalom is pursuing him down, trying to kill him. He ends up dying before David does. David says he would have rather sacrificed himself and let his son die, even though his son wanted him dead. In the same way, I think that we see a relationship between us and and God our Father. We sometimes want God out of the way. We kind of want God dead sometimes, so we can do what we want and satisfy our sinful desires. But God shows us that not just he would rather sacrifice himself, that he actually does by sending his son so that we could be back in right relationship with him, and that God could serve us and love us so that we would no longer want him to set us free from those bondages. So that's the way that I saw that Jesus through the center of these passages today.
1: Hey guys, I am back to share about just some discipleship lessons that I've learned as a Simple Church Regional Director at Brock. If you didn't catch it the first time, my name is Emily Suzal, and I'm just, it's such a joy to be here with you. So yeah, I'm going to just jump right in. I'm going to share a little bit about my story throughout and just right off the bat, kind of how how did I get here. So yeah, I went to McMaster University and I was so excited to find a church on my own for the very first time, starting as a first year. And I immediately found Lift. A friend had, had shared about it and I walked through those doors and just the passion that I had for Jesus was immediately recognized. And I was welcomed with open arms, invited to begin discipling and was then mobilized and empowered and sent. And that is how I ended up here as a Simple Church Regional Director. But it's a long journey before that of just faithful discipleship, uh, the number of Simple Church leaders who just continue to invest in me and realizing just the mentalities that I came from, like growing up in church my whole life with. Some of them included consumerism and just kind of seeing church as something that was about me and how I can grow personally and in my faith, which is an important aspect. But that discipleship piece of my faith being about me and then teaching that and inviting others into it to encounter Jesus too, I didn't really have that until I encountered Lyft. And yeah, that was a really beautiful invitation to begin to disciple. And in my last year, I had been part of Lyft for four years and I was ready to graduate and it wasn't just... A church my university church it, it really was family and yeah as I prepared closer to graduation I really felt that taking the apprenticeship was just that that next step into discipleship and yeah I had kind of a plan of being in Hamilton moving out with some girls and just really excited to begin but bo- co-vocational social work in addition to working with Lyft and then I realized I met with Robin and it was in his office, and I like I remember the day he'd asked me, what about St. Catharines? And at that point, I really hadn't even considered it and didn't really like St. Catharines at that point, to be perfectly honest. But just watching Jesus just turned my heart, and it's such a beautiful city and such a beautiful school that is totally different to, from the way I see it now than when I did before. And really, just it's so clear that God has had me at Brock. So with that, that's how I'm here. And I'm going to jump in. So here are my three lessons that I've learned just through the work of discipleship. So the first is that I am a leader because of who I am and not because of what I do. This comes back to secure identity. Dan, always, Dan's, who's discipling me, discipling the skirts, he's always saying it always comes back to secure identity, which is so, so, so true. Um, yeah. So more recently, I noticed a shift where prior insecurity after a crucial conversation or any type of failure, it was just debilitating. Like it was very much just reflecting on that and getting stuck in that failure. And more recently though, I've noticed a shift of being able to actually fail forward. And the doubt and the insecurity that used to rise and make me question did I do a good job? Am I a good leader? All of those things just began to be removed as I began to see and adopt the identity of a leader, recognizing that it's not based on performance or what I'm doing, but it's actually who I am and who Jesus has called me to be as a child of God. And that is the most freeing thing that I get to share with you, is that we don't have to strive for performance or seeking approval. And that was something that I really was struggling with for so long. And then stepping into it as a skirt, I really that was really challenged of realizing that it's okay to ask for help and just moving into those things that were terrifying and even just being so aware of my appearance and just how others perceived me and that actually impacting the way that I would act or do things and realizing that, yeah, in a leadership role, as we talk so much about it affects the people you're discipling as well. So really just seeing this importance of doing that inner work and allowing the Holy Spirit just to kind of remove a lot of those insecurities and doubts. And yeah, so I just kind of also want to share how um, what we believe about ourselves and how we see ourselves is how we're going to respond indeed. And that is so in... Yeah. Anyways, yes, I had a challenging instructor, but I learned to drive, and I would constantly look, looking like right down at the road. And he would always say to me, "You don't look down. You got to look ahead. You got to look where you're going, because where you looking is where you're. That's the direction that the vehicle is gonna go. And in the same way, discipleship is just like that. Where you're looking is where you're gonna go. And if you're focused on those insecurities and what I did wrong could and the should-haves, it's not going to lead you towards keeping your eyes on Jesus and moving actually as a family, not even just on your own, but actually in your Simple Church family, moving towards that beautiful health and just being a, a disciple-making disciple. So I'm going to share a story, and this is a fail-forward moment. Uh, I was having a conversation with two Simple Church leaders, and honestly, like, my communication was terrible. I did a really, really horrible job communicating what I wanted to say and actually led to some hurt in the way that I had communicated because it was extremely invalidating. After that moment, though, in the past, what I had said first about that insecurity, my normal response would have been to go over and over and, like, be really upset that I had hurt them and had said the wrong thing, which obviously... um, we needed to reconcile and apologize that, but it didn't crush me that I didn't do a good job because I realized sometimes it takes saying the wrong thing the first time to know what it is the next time that you need to say. And that's not just in words, but in general. Sometimes to recognize what the correct thing to do the next time is, and that's just a journey. And it's also an opportunity, I'm gonna talk later about modeling, but inviting our disciples into our brokenness when we make mistakes. To allow them to help us to grow rather than to completely crush us and even just stop us from from stepping into next situations that might be fearful or might not be our element of strength. So I'm going to move on to the second point, and that is discipleship requires the head and the heart. It's funny, in Melissa's interview, she spoke about head knowledge to heart knowledge, and that's actually exactly what I want to land on. So it does. So Discipleship has has to be beyond the head knowledge, and it has to go to the heart by experiencing it through church as family. When I say heart knowledge, I mean those aha moments, when you're like, my church gets it. They get what I'm trying to teach, or whatever it is, They and how do you know you, they get it is by the fruits in their life, because as you've been walking with them and discipling them, they then begin to, to lead that in their own disciples and begin to replicate that. And so that all stems, though, from that radical encounter with the gospel that leaves us no response, but to have a burning in our hearts to see those encountering Jesus. So I'm going to read from John, First John 16 to 19 says, This is how we know we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. If anyone has this world's goods and sees fellow believer in need, but withholds compassion from him. How does God's love reside in him? Let Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him. As a leader, modeling for my disciples leads to heart knowledge because they're experiencing it for themselves. I could tell them and tell them and tell them and explain and teach exactly what we're trying to do, but until someone can experience it for themselves and show them what it means, it's, it's a whole different world of that personal encounter and even an ability for the Holy Spirit to move in that too, and just that spontaneity. Jesus modeled this for us, and our call is to come follow me as I follow Jesus, Something I have recognized in my discipleship is I find I can be a little bit quick to empower. I skip past that. We talk about invite, model, train, empower. Sometimes I can think that, oh, they get this. I don't need to teach this. They they understand it. And then hop right into empowerment. But realizing it's so important to really take those teaching moments and walk alongside them. Not just send people unequipped, but journey with them and really invite them into our lives as we do it, and teaching them to do that as well. So how do we get our simple church families from head knowledge to heart knowledge? That's the question. It's taking ownership, when we see our disciples taking ownership. This is one way I can invite them into experiencing that which I want to disciple them in. So my dad is an electrician, I don't know if anyone knew that, but one thing that I know is in order for a circuit to function, there has to be no gap in which will break the flow of electricity. I also think about Christmas lights. They don't really make them like this anymore for this reason, but when you have a string of Christmas lights and one of them goes out, the entire string goes out. Thankfully, they don't make them like that anymore, but I'm sure we've all maybe encountered how frustrating it is when it's just that one little light that makes the whole string not work. And in discipleship, we see that similarly where everybody has a part and every single person has an impact. And they have the potential to, to be that part of the family and to make that, that string of lights or whatever that is, whether it's an SME or whatever we're doing, our huddle or gospel conversations, when we're all in and all serving together alongside one another, the function of that is such a beautiful thing and it doesn't lead to striving or straining on the individuals because it's just us as a community and as a collective doing it on mission together. And yeah, so. And sometimes I find that we can see ourselves as an observer, where there's just the people on the outside just watching. But what happens when we invite them in and invite them to set the table is that gives them a sense of belonging and actually a part of the family that they're not just a bum in a seat, but they're actually. Welcome, and we trust them that they can do a good job. So it shows that we can help create ownership by inviting. And yeah, I also want to share just an example from my own life. Um, this is kind of a cool story. So we're, we're driving home after live cast, and just a side note, Grandma and Lisa, I want to shout out you for blessing me with a vehicle. So I can use it missionally. So yeah, I was driving some people home after live cast. And as we're driving, I just, this woman kind of had her hand out, just kind of like trying to flag down a ride. And I noticed right away. I felt the to go and, and to stop. And obviously I wasn't alone in the car. I had two other girls with me, one of them in the front seat and one in the back. And so I just pulled over to the side and said, hey guys, I really feel like the Holy Spirit is prompting me to to stop and and talk to this woman and possibly give her a ride. How would you guys feel about that? And so, we we agreed. Let's okay. We're gonna trust Jesus. The Holy Spirit is prompting. Like we need to out that she was in a crisis situation, uh, fleeing violence. And so for us to be able to come alongside and just spend that moment praying for her in the car and really caring for her, dropping her off at a friend, and then we exchange contact information after, and. That was such a beautiful moment, but what was so beautiful about that was not just the fact that we were able to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but that it was an opportunity to teach and explain to my disciples, this is what it means when I feel that nudging, and explain why I knew the Holy Spirit was asking me to do this, and even shared why we why we dropped her off, and just walking that through with them and modeling what emotional living looks like in the physical person. And I just want to say, if you're like wondering, what does she mean when she hears the Holy Spirit, that little nudging, there is a beautiful book we put out. It's called Spiritual Discernment. You can find it on Engage. And it's just walking through what does it look like to hear the voice of God. So yeah, if you're wondering, feel free to check it out. It's awesome. Shameless plug. Um, With that, I'm going to move into my final point, which is time, proximity, and vulnerability as a vehicle. So the third discipleship lesson I want to share with you is how I've been investing time with my disciples by being intentionally present in their lives, spending time and opening up my my life and vulnerability, which cultivates that experience of church's family that we talked about a little bit earlier. So if you find yourself in that place of wanting your simple church family to, to just to get it fully really committed and to come and join and be on mission, then my answer to you is time, proximity, and vulnerability. So why why these three things? And I really want to invite you to ask the question, do I love, do my disciples know that I love them? And the way that I see that happening and that love that we have for our disciples is through being with them. Taking time, often one thing I've really learned is spontaneous moments that random coffee or, honestly, someone knew I loved orange juice and brought me orange juice and that was such an encouraging moment but it's knowing one another and walking in relationship and more than just a structured disciple relationship, this is my disciple. We're also, this is my sister in Christ, this is my brother in Christ, we're family. And yeah, so time is the first one, being together. And the second one is proximity. I cannot emphasize enough what a significant difference it's made nearby. I remember way back in, in March there was a situation where someone had a medical emergency. They were an international student and their mom called us, called Lift Church and said hey I'm worried about my child and we were able to drive over to the Brock residence, check on this person and that's actually how they got connected into our family was through just caring for them and making sure they had the medical support that they needed. And I also want to share a second situation where. Yeah, it was, um... oh, not yet. Okay, so coming to Brock, I didn't really know a lot of people. I mean, I had acquaintance relationships, but hadn't had that time, proximity, and vulnerability. So being able to, to do those three things and just build that trust, because trust is, is earned through that time, proximity, and vulnerability. And so the third one is vulnerability. So yes, being open, sharing our lives, which is hard, and as a leader, sometimes it requires discernment on what do I share and what, what don't I, but for the most part, we want to live open lives that are inviting into the failures and the trials and the joys and everything we're walking through is using those moments, as I talked about earlier, to model that and walk alongside our disciples and explain, this is why I'm making this decision in this moment. But one thing recently in a conversation someone had shared, which I really appreciated, was uh, they said to me, I want to better know Emily Suzelle. I know the skirt Emily, but that's different than knowing me personally. And realizing that that is absolutely true, it's that relationship piece as well. Not just me in my role, or not just you as a church leader, but you as their family member. So I hope that this encouragement To spend more time together, to be closer in proximity, and to be more open about your lives with your simple church families will help you develop deeper relationships that are centered on Jesus. Yeah, with that, I'm going to cap it, and we'll be back for Q&A in a second.
0: I mean, thank you so much, Emily. I I knew this, that our skirts were awesome, but I hope that you as those that are watching are also seeing how wonderful our skirts are. You guys don't get nearly enough credit. And um, and you just, all of you have such tremendous wisdom that you so sacrificially bring to the church. I want to highlight a few things that you shared that I thought were just brilliant. Uh, you said... Um, what we believe about ourselves and what we see in ourselves will dictate how we respond to others. Um, I mean, we could just camp on that all night. That was, what we believe about ourselves and what we see in ourselves will dictate how we respond. So I, it almost, I kind of just led me to the, I kind of asked myself the question, or we should get in the habit of asking the question, when we are responding to stop and say, what in me is causing me to respond this way? What insecurities and those sorts of things. Them. I
1: think I'll, I'll just briefly add to that. Yeah. I remember, so I, I did social work in school. And honestly, that series on the webcast of that critical theory wrecked me because it really had me just process what I learned. But within that, like that piece of self-reflection that we did in school, and that was so key mm. of like just realizing there were parts of, of my education that are so valuable. Oh, for sure. And one of them was self-reflection is thinking about, yeah how did I respond and really just, I mean, it's a gospel concept, but Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, We're going to go where we look. Um, I had never actually thought about applying that specific principle to a discipleship or to a person before, so that was fresh for me. That was a new insight. Um, You talked about how sometimes you have to fail to learn to learn what it is that you need to do. I have a lot of experience with that.
1: <laughs> but, oh, me too.
0: <laughs> so, but that was always good. Um, and then you said something. I don't even know if you said it. You said, invite your disciples to set the table. And I just thought that was such a beautiful picture. Invite your disciples to set the table. Uh, and then the last question, like reflective question, um, which so I'll wait for you guys to get your questions in uh, for Emily, is do my disciples know that I love them? wow like I, I, I so often in my own discipleship journey I found myself trying to push the gas pedal on something and then when I stop and go well does this person know that I love them and if I am not for sure a hundred percent sometimes people don't know you love them for a whole host of reasons but sometimes it very honestly is because we haven't showed them and I just thought that was a brilliant um brilliant insight so
1: moment of disclosure That came from you? Taco (laughs) meeting? Yeah, yeah. I was that was really moved by that is yeah. Do I love my disciples?
0: Do I love my disciples? Do I know that? It's a question I've been reflecting on a lot lately and we've been reflecting on as a team, so. Um Yeah, knowing somebody says they really appreciated knowing that you're not your role. Um Yeah. So which is which is really good. Um So, had one person say they want to be you when they grow up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might not be that far apart in age, so I don't know. Uh,
0: I think they might have been older than you too. So,
1: oh, well, that's encouraging. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wanna be you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I think while we're waiting, I'll just add one other thing: is yeah. like, it's not just us skirts who have a voice, but. We might be the voice you hear, but every single one of you who's watching has a wealth of knowledge and wisdom, and I think sometimes, I actually included this, forgot to share it, but yeah, as a discipler, tell your disciples when you see something, and just really speak what you see, because sometimes it just takes someone to say, hey, I see this in you, for them to actually activate it and recognize, hey, this is something Jesus has done in me, or even just to, to grow in that confidence of who they are as a leader.
0: Mm, mm-hmm sometimes call that the seed and the gold, Mm -hmm. Uh, like identify, like I see this in you or I see in you conversations. Um, So uh, somebody does have a question. Do you have any advice for simple church leaders or apprentices who are struggling to know how vulnerable to be with those that they're leading?
1: Yeah, it's challenging. Like we talked about the one week about just the unhelpful concept of boundaries and like protecting. So I think, It's just, like, that wisdom on would this person grow through that and what could be the implications of them knowing. Because I think sometimes there's things that I'm journeying through. It wouldn't be healthy or helpful for me to share that with my disciples because it could even just build a little bit of distrust. If it's something, say, I'm still growing in or not there yet, it could be confusing for them to not be able to know This person, I can trust them in this area. And like, obviously we want you guys to trust us, but we're growing. And so I think it, yeah, will this help that person and will it lead to confusion? Mm. And, but generally I would say, also talk to your discipler. Every one of us has someone who's discipling us. So ask them, not sure if I should have shared this. And honestly, again, it goes back to that failing forward of, I realized this was not a helpful thing to share. Next time, something along those lines, I'm, I'm not going to know. But, yeah, I think in general, yeah, I, I don't know if you want to speak to that, too. You might have some.
0: Oh, it's great. I think that the, the helpfulness test, uh, mm-hmm. is this helpful? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if it's not helpful, then maybe don't share it.
1: Um, I guess one thing I'll add, too, is why am I sharing it? Like, am I sharing this because I want to talk about it? Or it's something I feel convicted by the Holy Spirit about, and so then you're sharing it? Or is it, because in that case, then talk to your discipler. But you can still, without sharing a specific... ...take these steps to spend time with Jesus in this way. And you can still use those teaching lessons, maybe without explicitly sharing what you're walking through. So it's a balance, but yeah, that would, that would be what I'd say.
0: Um, somebody jumps in here with a question. I, I love your emphasis on modeling leading to heart knowledge. Um, any tips for effective modeling... Uh, while it's hard to be in person physically with your disciples?
1: Just, I think, that time, proximity, and vulnerability. I remember watching a movie with someone over Discord, and, yeah, we just had a conversation after the movie, and it was it was a really cool moment. So, yeah.
0: Mm. Uh, that's, that's really cool. Um.
1: And I, I think, too, I remember Laura, who I live with, was just sharing the ability to get creative with what we're doing, moving it online. Because there's... vision. What are the things that are really valuable about this in-person interaction? Mm -hmm, mm I
0: think that that... A question of translation like what's the essence of it and
1: then mm-hmm. how do
0: we move it online is really really good um so some celebrations coming in here got a few people typing in some questions so i'm just waiting for them to get them in um
1: acknowledging person is different and that's okay to grieve that and and say hey if we were in person this is what i would want to do together yeah but we can't so we're going to do this instead but even telling them that makes them be aware of just the care you have for them.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it's okay to acknowledge that something's hard, right? Like sometimes we pretend, oh, we want to model and do all this, the things that we're trying to do and we can't, but we sort of don't acknowledge to ourselves that it's hard and it's okay to admit <laughs> that it's not great. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Sophia uh, asked the question, which I wish I could say, just with i know exactly how she would phrase this and i'm not going to imitate her because it would just be but sophia i love your question it, it comes in she says
1: i'll ask you uh, when you get home uh she
0: would well, i'll read the question um it just would be it'd be better if she was able to deliver it in person just because sophia's
1: calling <laughs> after <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: sweetest human being on the planet um when failing forward how do you show grace towards yourself uh or others um as in not getting to that place how do you avoid getting to that place of i want to quit when you've made a mistake.
1: It's been a long journey, I think, of getting to that place. So I just even think like how did I get there? I I really think it's that identity it's really separating performance and I'm not what I do, but I am called because Jesus has, has trusted me and Jesus has given me that authority. And sometimes it's just a matter of saying like, Wow, Jesus, I really messed up and crying on your bedroom floor putting a worship song on saying like I've just made shambles out of this but I trust you to take these pieces and, and God you're sovereign and regardless of the failure or the outcome like Jesus you're still moving in this person and that I think is also the beautiful thing about relationship is knowing that it's not the end if you've messed up and, and had a failure next time and yeah there will be another chance in almost every situation to be able to even communicate, hey, I recognize that I failed in this moment and I want to walk through with you. First of all, apologize, and then walk through with you what I would have done differently. So even walking it through with your disciple and inviting them into that too.
0: I was having a conversation today with um, a friend of mine on the West Coast who um, was part of Resonate Church um, um, when you're trying to pioneer something. But The essence of what we got to is that leadership has to flow from transformation. Um, So when we lead, we lead because we have experienced the transformation of the Holy Spirit, which is really what you're talking about. A transformation from I'm going to do this thing that's going to define me to I have had an encounter with Jesus that has changed who I am and my actions will flow out of that. And one of the principles that we, we were talking about was that As leaders of discipleship movements, it's very tempting for us to try to lead our disciples to do a bunch of tasks or do a bunch of things, or do tasks, and they fail, they feel like complete and total failures. And our job is to lead people to transformation, is to show them by the grace of the Holy Spirit, like really it's a Holy Spirit-led activity how good discipleship is, how good Christian leadership is, that the Holy Spirit would reveal those things. And when that happens, then failure is no longer such a huge threat. And so I think in in your case, Em, from from someone that's been leading you, what I see is that you've been transformed by the Holy Spirit. Like you've you've had a heart transformation, like a heart transplant, and that heart transplant has enabled you to persevere through some some very difficult trials. Um, and and I think that's the difference. It's the Holy Spirit in you that has changed you. And so it's the Holy Spirit in your disciples and in the people we're leading that will lead them to change. We can't force people. Mm-hmm. And if we do, when they fail, they're going to be crushed by it. Yeah. But when they experience the Spirit, man, that's where Paul's words, like neither height nor depth, nothing in all creation yeah. can separate us from the love of God. So anyway, little preach from me there. It's Emily's turn to shine. No, and I just no, had to, we appreciate it. I had to weigh it. in yeah. with that for a minute, but
1: goals, Robin.
0: Um. So, um. But Kirsten asked the question: What are some really practical ways, uh, or steps that you would suggest to help others uh, make the make the switch that we were talking about? Um, like and, not
1: feeling and just being crushed
0: by that. Yeah, or or being defined by what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, any any practical things that we can help people with? Living sand,
1: read uh, through. <laughs> no, but yeah, I think we talk so much about secure identity, but like what actually is secure identity? It's knowing who I am in Jesus, and again, that not just head knowledge, but that heart knowledge of yeah. like I'm I'm a child of God. Jesus died on the cross. If I was the only person on this planet, He died for me because He loves me and has actually invited me. So none of none of what we do is like a job or something we're like striving at. But it's an invitation for God to say like, I trust you. I want you to be on my team and let's work together. He could do it all. Absolutely. But he invites us. He loves us and wants to see us serve and be on mission. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, 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 at the end of the day, I think you're, there's this like principle that, that discipleship flows from an encounter with Jesus, knowing who we are in Christ receiving Him as Lord, and then being anchored in our identity in Him. Yeah. Um, it, it is not an information. Our, our walk with Jesus is not about knowledge or information. It's about being transformed by the Holy So, I almost don't know if we can overstate the importance of this. Because uh, my fear, if we're just going to have maybe just a conversation here for a minute, my fear as a leader is that The people we lead would lead because we've given them a bunch of tasks to do. And but that that's just legalism repackaged. Um, Jesus, at the end of the day, didn't really give us a whole ton of tasks. He said, just go and teach them. Yeah, put some structure around that in tasks. But man, I just pray that we would. Yeah, that we would at the end of the day, just be inviting people to know and walk with Jesus. Um,
1: and I I just want to celebrate you and Laura as a couple. Like, you guys do this. People are over at your house all the time. Like, it's just night or day. Like, I remember we had skirt training. And what did we do? We went to Robin and Laura's house to just hang out. But you are present and there for the family. And even just thinking about kids, I understand, but can often be very like careful with who holds their kids or just like being very careful. It's just, we're generous with everything you have and just like modeling. So yeah, just want to celebrate you and Laura for just championing and modeling Mm. what just come to life with me. Mm. Like this is what I'm passionate about. I'm, I'm building whatever you're building, the concrete, it it sounds like a disaster, (laughs) but you just had people like come and like the earlier example I actually took out, but I talked about like a hard hat and mm. same thing. Just come join me. Just a hard
0: hat. Let's like yeah. Let's stuff. just
1: yeah. let's work together. Let's do what I'm doing. If I'm going grocery shopping, come go grocery shopping with me. Like, let's just do life, and those conversations are gonna happen. But mm-hmm. it's in that that time and just that having that relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the dream at the end of the day, the real dream is that that like a discipleship movement should run on autopilot, the autopilot of of true biblical discipleship, which is leading people to know Jesus. Um, And I pray and I look forward to the day where the church can just run just on that. People who know Jesus, who love Jesus, who lead other people to know and love Jesus. And so uh, I think that's it for questions today, but it's just so good to talk with you. Um, For those of you tuning in, we are so blessed with Emily and all of our skirts. Next week, we'll have Kirsten, Up with us and then to give you an idea of where we're going, we're gonna be jumping into uh just a brief teaching on scripture. Alex is gonna bring that in a couple of weeks just to kind of recenter us on the truths of scripture. But then we're gonna be into a five-part series looking at uh the first things of the gospel, but in particular looking at the moments where we're tempted to put something that's not a first thing in a first things place. Might not know what I'm talking about, but Basically, it's Gospel as Worldview Part Two. We're going to be looking at some really important conversations that are happening in our culture, and how we as Christians uh, are called to respond, but not just respond, bring an even better, more hope-filled message. So that'll be the month of May into June. So that's the webcast for the next little bit. Really Can I just excited? throw in
1: one more quick celebration? I know yeah. we're almost out of time, but I was just thinking about it earlier as you talked about just Jesus and just moving on autopilot, and this is something I've seen in one of the apprentices in the Brock region, actually, of you, watching you just come to know Jesus through just discipleship and kind of having some Christian context, but not really fully accepting Jesus, but as soon as you did and it began to serve, just, it's been so cool to watch the ways that they just want to share that with their friends Mm. and want to just have gospel conversations and want people to encounter this contagious love that Jesus has for them that they've experienced wanting their friends and just constantly wanting to see that mm-hmm. grow. And yeah, so just want to celebrate you. You probably know who you are, but if you don't, I'll uh, celebrate you after. We're Bye. getting there. We're yeah. getting
0: there. All right. Well, that's it for us, guys. Have a great week. Thank you, Em, for being with us. Thanks you guys. for
1: having me. Bye.